Welcome to Thrive, a Paychex business podcast where you'll hear timely insights to help you navigate marketplace dynamics and propel your business forward. Here's your host, Gene Marks. Hey, everybody, it's Gene back again. I'm going to be talking to, in just a few minutes, Congressman Mark Takano. He is a uh, Democratic congressman from Southern California. He's been a member of the House of Representatives since 2013. And Congressman Takano, I thought, is a very interesting guy to speak to from the perspective of a small business owner. He is a workers' rights guy. I mean, he really supports and advocates for employees' rights. So as a business owner, I know a lot of us are like, oh, you know, we love our employees too, but we don't want to be overregulated. Well, he uh, and I talked about two big things that that could very well impact employers in the years to come. In in August, uh, Congressman uh, Takano, he introduced a bill uh, to implement a four-day work week uh, across the country. It's a national bill. And the bill itself would be, uh, would change the definition of a full-time employee from 40 hours to 32 hours, which means that any of our employees working more than 32 hours, we would have to pay them overtime. So I know when you first hear that, you're like, oh my God, that doesn't sound uh, like a great deal for us as a business owner. But there's a lot of things to consider, not only from a business perspective and an employee welfare and a society perspective as well. Um, and also, you know, his, his purpose of introducing this bill was to start a conversation. And so we talked a little bit about that. And I think it's important that we all understand why this trend of a four-day work week, it's kind of moving in that direction. It might not, it's probably not going to happen any time soon, but sometime in the future, I think there will be more of a gravitation towards four-day work weeks. And that's why I think our conversation with Congressman Takano is important. The other thing that him and I also talked about was the PRO Act. There's a real misconception about the PRO Act. If you remember, it's an act designed to help uh, unions uh, more easily unionize our employees and also change the classification of workers. But There's something in it I don't think you know about, and there's a bit of a myth about the PRO Act that we think that it's a real negative thing for businesses when, according to Congressman Takano, it's really not. So join us. We'll be back in just a minute with Congressman Mark Takano from California. Uh, Legislation that would would, would enact a four-day work week. So um, tell me about your thoughts behind that, why you thought that was necessary to do. Well, um, I think... America has gone through a traumatizing uh, 18 months, not only America, but uh, basically workforces all over the globe in advanced Mm -hmm. economies. Uh, And we were thrust as a workforce, as an American workforce, into a situation where many, many people started to work from home. Uh, Americans began to experience work flexibility. Right. Uh, as never before, and greater complexity with children at home, schools not fully operational. Uh, A lot of workers didn't get that flexibility. A lot of our essential workers did have to work uh, and show up physically. But for a lot of Americans, uh, they experienced uh, something new, something unprecedented, And um, what I'm hearing from uh, even employers in my own district, uh, they've called up my staff and asked about uh, how we are formally dealing with workers who, or prospective workers who ask for, say, uh, the ability to work from home Mm -hmm. uh, at least one day a week. Uh, Gene, I think that 
that employers who are encountering that, that encountering uh, prospective employees beginning to ask for uh, working conditions that include at least one or two days working from home, that's in a way a euphemism <laughs> for a shorter work week. Mm. Uh, I think uh, Americans, when you contact, I was just at the National Mall where I saw all these white little flags planted representing a life lost to COVID. Over 670,000 of our fellow Americans have died from COVID. And many, many more have were seriously ill. I think that sense of mortality came to the fore for many people. Uh, and they also began to think about the work-life balance. They began to think about mortality. They also began to think about time as much as they thought about, about uh, money and compensation. So, um, you know, the 40-hour the work week, which we just see as normal, as normalized, that became normalized in the 1930s uh, with the Fair Labor Standards Act. Uh, it wasn't normal before then. It was uh, frequently was the case that many Americans worked 60 hours a week. Um, the two-day weekend wasn't really normalized until we passed federal legislation uh, that normalized that. And it, and these things didn't happen overnight. It was a couple, several decades uh, in the early 1900s, the late 1800s, that the idea of a five-day work week um, a 40-hour work week, a work week, uh, you know, galvanized, uh, sure. galvanized around that idea. So I, I, I do think that this global pandemic has created the conditions, um, social conditions, the political conditions, the cultural conditions under which uh, I think there's a great reassessment uh I'll, while I'm talking about great reassessment, we can also talk about, you've probably heard this about the great resignation, yeah. <laughs> uh, about just many people not coming back to the jobs that they were uh, working before the pandemic, that they're really rethinking uh, their lives and that the pandemic, I think, forced many people to confront what were their lives really going to be about. So I, I think, uh, I, I frankly was surprised the response that we got uh, the response that I received when we dropped the bill, the 32-hour work week. Um, and by the way, we, I, my bill doesn't mandate that that 32 hours be done over four days. It could be done over five days. It right. mainly mainly it mainly establishes that people can earn overtime at 32 hours versus 40 hours a week. So that's what it, I mean. That's really sort of the crux of it. Is you're right now overtime rules are based on 40 hours a week. Um, there's calculations for payroll uh, that that determine whether somebody's a full time versus a part time employee, and that usually uses a 40 hour a week you know barometer. So what you're saying is, listen, you know, we should if we move that down to 32, then a 32 hour week would really define a full time employee, um, and then anything over that, I guess employers would have to pay overtime. Is that what right. you're suggesting? Basically, subject to overtime rules. Um, right. we, we don't address classifications. We don't address any of the other issues. We mainly focused in on the 32-hour, hour, uh, the new 32-hour standard. Got it. Um, we think, I believe, given the current labor market, uh, that many employers will find it 
simpler just to pay that overtime. And for many workers, that will mean a 10% pay increase if they're kept uh, on a 40-hour schedule uh, as they are now. I mean, um, I mean, there's there's some criticism I'm encountering out there uh, regarding, well, this will just mean a, a rollback in hours for many people. Um, I don't, uh, that's certainly that's certainly a, a choice that employers can make, but I think that's I think it's going to depend really uh, by sector each sector in the workforce how that's going to work out. Uh, be frank, there are many many uh, workers out there who are working more than one job anyway. They're not working sure. the full forty hours uh, anyway. Sure. So um, I, I think that that ding is. I I don't think it's I don't I don't think it's that strong. What I I think in general, this is a pro worker bill and it does give more leverage to workers. Okay. So you know I first of all the forty the thirty two hour work week the four day work week is not a new concept. I mean there's been a lot written on it. There are some countries in Europe that have successfully implemented it in, in certain areas as well. Um, and frankly, you know we're here to to you know we 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 work to live. We don't live to work, you know, and I often think that people over in Europe, you know, they, they, they log in less hours than the Americans. Cause I think they've probably been around a lot longer than Americans and they figured stuff out. That's better to enjoy life <laughs> rather than work all the time. Well, it's, it's something to be in France and see <laughs> all of, in August, like right. Paris empties out. It shuts down. Yeah. It shuts <laughs> down. And you think to yourself, like, what are these guys doing so right? Why are they so much smarter than us? So I guess the final question I have though on this, and then we'll move to another topic though, is like, okay, that all sounds well and good, but you know, I am a small business owner and, and you're, you've got small business owners that, that are listening and watching this. So we hear, okay, anything over 32 hours a week, now we're going to have to pay overtime for, or we might have to limit our employees. So you know, again, and I know you touched on this briefly, but how would you sell this to a small business owner? Or would you just say it's it's more pro-worker and we think it's just better for society? How would you sell well, it? It's, to a small business owner, uh, the uh, it's going to depend sector by sector as well, what kind of business you have. Uh, I've talked to a number of people in the nonprofit space who believe they could implement this right away. They have small staff, maybe 25 staff people. Uh, there's, I, for whatever reason, people in the nonprofit space think that, uh, they, who've been operating virtually, they think that this could, uh, that this could be implemented you know, today even mm. without a whole lot of uh, trouble. Uh, I, I would say to certain business owners that are sort of retailers that have to open, you know, seven days a week anyway, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a matter of choice whether you decide to pay overtime or whether you just keep people on shorter hours. I'm tending to think even in restaurants, uh, a lot of businesses, you're not paying people, uh, you're not keeping people to the full 40 hours a week anyway. Right. Um, for those business owners that do have, you know, full-time employees at 40 hours a week, uh, I would say you, you're looking at improved employee, uh, you know, uh, morale. Right. Uh, depending on the kind of business you're looking, you're looking at one less day that you may be open. Uh, so there's, a, a, you know, a, a reduction in overhead. Again, that's not true for everybody because, uh, uh, but you know, even on a restaurant schedule, you know, you're typically restaurants are not open 
on Monday or Tuesday. Uh, if you're a restaurant, say that we actually do go to a four-day norm. Uh, that means not just Saturday and Friday <laughs> uh, that you have busy nights and that the bars are full. Uh, you have a third night, right? So uh, people aren't looking at the consumer side. Before we had even the five-day work week, uh, it wasn't the norm that Saturday you would go shopping. Right. Saturday wasn't necessarily the market day. You're now talking about three days of leisure. Um, and for certain businesses in the economy, whether it's travel, hospitality, uh, restauranting, uh, you know, if you own a bar – uh, you might want to rethink uh, what might be a, a reflexive rebellion against this. And, and probably these businesses are not necessarily having people working full 40 hours uh, anyway. Uh, you probably hire, you probably have a lot of people on part-time as well. Uh, but uh, so that's what I have to say to small business owners. Um, there's, a, there's a lot more twists and turns as we talk about what kind of business you own. Sure. Uh, but for the big businesses, uh, this would be a major adjustment. Uh, 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 we're talking tech companies. Well, so if you're a small tech firm and you're, say, you're, op- you're, you're going up against a, a Google or, a, a, you know, a Facebook or um, uh, one, of the, one of the big tech firms that mm-hmm. just has a, a wash in cash and can literally pay – uh, some tech workers up to a million bucks a year for their high for their high skills. Uh, you may have the capacity to pay well, but certainly not at that level. Uh, but what you have the ability to do is offer people uh, shorter work weeks right. uh, in different terms. And right. so, uh, by the way, I think that one of these tech firms is going to maybe the light will go on, and they will <laughs> shorten their work week. Uh, they will start to suck up the talent in the industry. I mean, you, yeah. we're talking about in, in the highly skilled arenas. Right? So I, I I agree with you on that. I, I think that we'll see, I bet you some tech firms, because they're all looking for innovative ways to provide benefits and attract workers. And I think uh, it will not surprise me to see a, a tech firm or two adopt that as standard. It also might not surprise me. I, I think you're being very, um, what's the word? You, you Introducing this on a national level is is great, but um, my bet is that this idea, because it's a good idea, would probably be served. You know, we'll see if, if, if it works at a local level. If you see well, some yeah, city yeah. or you know I, town, I agree with that. It's, we started a national conversation, yes. and I think that there will be some uh, enterprising state legislators yeah. who are going to see the buzz that this law, that this proposal is attracting nationwide, and they're going to try and implement it locally. I think uh, we'll see maybe. A factory town. A, 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 what I mean by that is a is a is a small town or a mid-sized town where there's a large company right. that maybe employs a big percentage of uh, the people there. That they may just unilaterally decide to go to this, and we'll see like little experiments like this happen, uh, and we'll see how it affects local culture. Uh, oddly enough, um, uh, people, you know, faith organizations yep. are sort of interested in this as well. How this will change. Uh, the calculus of uh, of how people are going to be able to participate in uh, church life and community. Yeah, I think it's a trend to keep watching. And listen, I am not going to be happy until. Have you ever seen the movie uh, Sleeper, the Woody Allen movie from like the early seventies? Many movies ago, I forgot what. It, 
Uh, it was, it took, I've watched many Woody Allen's, but I haven't. <laughs> it took place in the in future times, and it was all humans did nothing. We could all relax and drink wine all day while the robots just served us all. And until that happens, I'm not going to be satisfied. Uh, well, let's just, move. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well, just I just want to say that I, you know, um, I know that the the Japanese government actually put out guidelines uh, to its private sector on how to reduce, uh, you know, uh, the work hours per week and. Right. Um, uh, the government of, uh, of Iceland uh, is trying to ratchet down uh, officially. Uh, and uh, the, the Scottish Parliament uh, has actually created some sort of uh, workaround, actually put up some government money to assist uh, businesses uh, and to incentivize them to, to go for a smaller work week. Okay. A, small, okay, a, smaller, a shorter work week. Let's change topics right now in just a few minutes that okay. we have left. Um, so you're a California person. You're, you know, your your base in your district is in Southern California. So you're well familiar uh, with AB five, uh, which was you know a California rule that came out just I think two years ago at this point, um, which changed sort of the definitions of uh, workers and independent contractors, um, and it also changed the rules for or you know for unions uh, to help them unionize it a little bit easier. There was, there was an attempt made. Uh, the House passed similar legislation called the PRO Act earlier this year, but it, it met significant headwinds in the Senate. So now the talk is, is that parts of this legislation might be incorporated by the Department of Labor as to like changing rules and worker classifications and also the National Labor you know, Relations Board, which is now controlled by uh, President Biden's appointees, might change some rules to make it easier for unions uh, to form, you know, uh, you know, at, at, at companies. So I, I wanted to hear your perspective on the PRO Act as it is, and I'll be more specific. Number one is, do you think the change in worker classifications, um, why, why do you think that is a, a good thing for both workers and businesses? And then the second part of my question has to do with unionization. Do you think that allowing, you know, making it easier for unions to organize is um, is a good thing for both workers and businesses? Again, our audience are small business owners. So sell us on that legislation and what your thoughts are. Well, um, let me just say that uh, most workers, most people in the country now uh, would like to belong to a union or think well of unions. Mm-hmm. We've seen a decline in unionization across the country, uh, but in general, uh, you know, just a small percentage of our workforce is unionized. Uh, and I think this uh, has a lot to do with why we've seen stagnating wages and why we've seen a greater uh, differential uh, between, uh, you know, in incomes. I mean, we, we just see a huge, huge income gap uh, and income inequality in the country. True. And even as the workforce has gotten more productive, the American worker on average has gotten more productive, the, uh, the gains from that productivity have mostly gone to capital and not to labor. In fact, in general, uh, wages have remained stagnant or not climbed as much as the productivity and the profits. So, um, I think it's rational to think that, you know, uh, the decline in unionization has, has something to do with that. So, in, look, we, I believe that our democracy is in crisis. I believe that part of why it's in crisis 
can be attributed to the fact uh, that we see this huge gap in, in opportunity and wages. Uh, I do believe that we do need to invigorate uh, union organizing and uh, organizing is incredibly difficult. Uh, I, I do believe the process and the rules and even the laws uh, are, are really stacked against um, organizing. Fair. What the PRO Act generally does is, is it empowers uh, workers to be able to unionize uh, easier. Now, let's make a distinction between what AB5 does and what the PRO Act does. So AB5, AB5 did make it easier to unionize. It also outright pretty much classified gig workers such as a Lyft driver or an Uber driver as an employee, which would entitle them to the rights of an employee to have, uh, you know, unemployment insurance, to have be subjected to the wage and hour laws of California. The PRO Act uh, also would probably make those drivers uh, employees, but only for the purposes of, of being able to potentially form a union, to be able to participate okay. in union election. Okay. It does not affect the wage and hour uh, provisions. And so it does that's, not, a that's, a, that's a misconception. I'm glad you brought that out. I mean, yeah. some, some believe that the PRO Act makes, would, would classify some of these workers as employees and therefore employers would have to pay payroll taxes and would have to you know, allow them to be part of their benefit plans. And um, in reality, it's just a classification just specifically for the purposes of, of unionization. Is, am I saying that that's, right? That's right. And, and it doesn't automatically say there's unions. It just says that uh, they're eligible to participate in a union election. So uh, um, there's been a lot of confusion about this. And uh, 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 activism uh, against yeah. the PRO Act uh, has has been, I think, waged by a mis- misunderstanding. Uh, that so look, you know, I had to ask this question to be clear on myself. Um, I didn't, I didn't realize that just because you are classified as an employee under the under the uh, the uh, under the labor labor title, right? Uh, under the uh, Fair Labor Standards Act. Fair, Fair Labor Standards Act. Thank you, sure. Fair Labor Standards Act. It does not necessarily mean that you are an employee under the eyes of the IRS. Right. Uh, and suddenly you as an employer have to collect payroll taxes and FICA and Medicare and all that. Uh, so, no, this change in, 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 in the FLA, the Fair Labor Standards Act, does not affect uh, your small business, the, the, your listeners, mm-hmm. uh, in that sense. It really mm-hmm. means that they have a right to organize and then they have another step to go. They have to actually organize, uh, which is not a forgive. It's not a given. Congressman Mark Takano, thank you very much. I have even more questions for you, but I wanted to make sure that we stayed on time because I know your time is very valuable. I appreciate you coming on with me and I uh, would love to speak with you again in the future. Best of luck with you. Do you have a topic or a guest that you would like to hear on Thrive? Please let us know. Visit payx.me forward slash Thrive Topics and send us your ideas or matters of interest. Also, if your business is looking to simplify your HR, payroll, benefits, or insurance services, see how Paychex can help. Visit the resource hub at paychex.com forward slash works. That's W-O-R-X. 
Paychex can help manage those complexities while you focus on all the ways you want your business to thrive. I'm your host, Gene Marks, and thanks for joining us. Till next time, take care. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2021, all rights reserved.